Well, a very good morning to all of you again, and also to those in church. Um, okay, I, I'm really glad to, to, to be back here and you know, to say hi to this Amoku family. And, you know, this is the first time I'm going to, say, I'm going to be saying this. You know, I bring you greetings from Pentecost Methodist Church. <laughs> you know, they've been very kind to me and welcoming to my family. In fact, they fed me really well, as you have, you know. I kind of put on a weight, uh, a kilo at least. <laughs> Okay, thank you for giving this, me this chance to grace uh, your pulpit again and to share with you God's Word. Um, just to share a little bit about what happened. Um, many things happened during this shift okay, from, from Amokyo to Pentecost. My family was not spared. Um, I want to thank you for all the love gifts that we have provided. And, you know, my youngest daughter had a little scare recently. So what happened was this, that she, she was suffering for one whole month headache, you know, and we do not know what we prayed over her. So we, in the event of that, we brought her to, to a few pediatric specialists from ENT to neuro and then to a chiropractor. She became the first in our family to go through an MRI machine for two hours. <laughs> um, it cost us thousands and finally, to cut the story, the story shop, uh, the, it was a chiropractor that managed to help to straighten her neck. She has incurred an injury during her rhythmic gymnastic. So, with just a crack, 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 you know, and then immediately a headache went. We did a follow-up after that. Um, she was well. In fact, today she's totally fine. So we want to thank God for what you have done for us. You know, the, the gifts that you have given helped us, you know, to pay the sound of bills and so on. Um, I want to thank you also for other things, like my family also went through other spiritual incursions, okay? And the prayer that you have provided for my family, I would really want to thank you for that because it helped really to cover and help, really help us to encourage us to, to go on ahead. Well, okay, now to the sermon. I've changed the title, okay, to, to Night, Light, Right, and Sight, okay, or Sight and Right. The scripture passage is still the same, but I'm going to add on a few more passages. Okay, the reason why I'm doing this is that I'm, I'm going to let you read, although the passage is very long, but I want you to understand the full context of it. I'm not going to refer to, I'm not going to share at every single point, but only at some of the points. But to give you a full understanding of what this story is, is all about, okay, it's from, taken from the third chapter of John, beginning from verse 1 to 21. Okay, let me read to you, okay? Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you on, of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one 
who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, and whoever does not believe stands condemned, already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has not, done, has not been done in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, um, earlier when we sang the song, um, it, was, it was beautiful during, during our offertory. Although it was sung earlier um, last month, but today it fits today's sermon very much. In fact, during the earlier service, when they sang the intro, Holy Spirit, Truth, Divine, it is just as fitting also for this sermon. It is amazing how God has prepared this sermon for you to listen and to be, and to be able to accept and receive from Him. You know, um, I'm going to be using two different versions, okay, the NIV as well as the NLT. And we will begin by beginning to understand what is my first point, night. Night. So why did, why did Nicodemus, a reputable Jewish religious leader, and the Pharisees went to look for Jesus only in the night? Only in the night. What was Nicodemus thinking when he deliberately chose to seek Jesus under the cover of darkness in the night? In Chinese, you know, we have this statement. Uh, I'm not too sure whether it's an idiom. Uh, it says, Okay. okay, in translation, is it, it, it meant unable to face the light. So was Nicodemus afraid of someone or something? If we have completed our reading of the gospel, okay, we should know by now that the Pharisees and Sadducees okay, wanted to impose harm on Jesus. There was a power struggle okay, in, their, in their mind and they considered Jesus as a competitor. Hence, they deemed Jesus as a heretic many a times. Therefore, Nicodemus may be trying to avoid the eyes of his fellow, fellow Jewish leaders. Nicodemus wasn't the only cautious person. There is another. And who is that person? Jesus. Jesus too had his reservations about the Jews who had trusted and followed him. Let us take a look at the verses okay, taken from John chapter 3. And it says there, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover festival or celebration, many began to trust in Him. Although many trusted Jesus, but Jesus did not trust in them. Many trusted Jesus. Jesus didn't trust in them. And next verse it says that, but Jesus didn't trust them because He knew all about people. No one needed to tell Him about human nature. For he knew what was in, that, in each person's heart. He knew every single one of our heart. He knew them all. Although many trusted in Jesus, Jesus did not trust them. He knew exactly what is in human nature. Although they believe in the miraculous signs, they are still living in darkness. They are still living in the night. 
they have not been reborn yet. They did not want to be associated with the light. They wanted the night more than the light. Perhaps they only want the miracles and that is not the only light. What about us? Are we here only to see the signs and miracles? If there was no signs and miracles, would we continue to believe in Jesus? Would we continue to come to enjoy this fellowship together? Nicodemus may have sought after Jesus for the same purpose, to see the signs and miracles. Or perhaps Nicodemus understood something more than the other people. And let us find out more. In verse 2, he says that he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who had come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. What is Nicodemus, or what was Nicodemus' understanding of Jesus? Nicodemus called Jesus Rabbi, the teacher. And he knew that God is with Jesus. Nicodemus knew that the light is with Jesus. Although Nicodemus may not be afraid, or, or he may be afraid to implicate his position as a Jewish leader. Hence, he went to seek Jesus under the cover of the night. But he understood that Jesus has the light. And this is a very good first step to walk toward the light. Some of you here are searching for, still searching for the light. For the light that Nicodemus is also looking for. We need that light. That light is so important in our walk. Without that light, we are walking in the wrong direction. You may be here, but if you do not walk toward the light, you can still be walking in the wrong direction. Are we walking in the light? Do we have the light in us? And, when, and what is the light that leads to my second point? Light and sight. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of this world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus did not only have the light, He is the light of the world. And all we need to do is to follow Jesus because He is the light and we will never walk in darkness again. And not only will we, have, will we not walk in darkness again, we will have the light of life. The light of life. There are two parts in this, passage, in this verse and we need to focus on two of it. Okay? Uh, firstly, following Jesus meant that we will have the light of life. The light of life here would most likely signify eternal life. Both John 3.15 and John 8.12, both uses the Greek word Zoe. Okay? Um, if you are my age, uh, you know Zoe Tay, you know, the, the Singapore actress. Huh? Yes, that word Zoe. Okay? So Zoe is both a physical present okay, and, also, and it's also a spiritual pointing towards a particular future existence. So it's talking about eternal life. So therefore, following Jesus, who is the light, meant that we will find eternal life through Jesus. We can find eternal life through Jesus. Secondly, following Jesus and walking in the light meant that we must not walk in darkness again. However, well, we know that it's really difficult not to fall under the shadow of darkness. And night, sometimes we will fall. And at times, 
well, we will fall into sin. However, let us remember this, the light is there for us to turn toward. Jesus is there for us to turn toward. We need Jesus in our life. We need Jesus in life. And there is another person that we need to turn to. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to live in the light and to walk away from darkness. Not only is it possible for us to walk away from darkness and sin, it is possible for us to remain on the, sur on the surface of the light. It is possible for us, in fact, to live in Christian perfection with the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 says this, okay, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has not been done in the sight, has been, has been done in the sight of God. You know, the, the root to Christian perfection requires us to fix our eyes on Jesus at clear sight. The clearer Jesus is for us, the closer perfection is at heart. And how do we begin this walk of Christian perfection? Let us return to the passage in John, chapter 3, where Jesus say, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born again of water and the Spirit. Most of us should know by now that by being born of the water or water baptism symbolizes the outward sign of our inward faith. Though it is not a prerequisite okay, uh, to having eternal life, or entering into the kingdom of God, baptism of repentance is still very important. Water baptism expresses our faith, our belief, and our love for God. And baptism is also a declaration, okay, in fact, of our devotion to God. You know what? I would dare to say that our baptism is more important than our wedding or marriage to our spouse. My wife is here today, okay, so I'm saying this in courage. <laughs> During our wedding, we hold church ceremony, you know, we recite the rituals. We have a celebration, a huge celebration to declare of our love for our spouse. What about considering our baptism as a form of marriage with God? It is a public declaration of our union with God. Well, Jesus did refer to himself as a bridegroom in Matthew 9.15. In fact, in Isaiah 54.5, he says there, next slide please, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of all the whole earth is his court. Perhaps, perhaps our earthly marriage with our spouse is supposed to help us to understand of a greater union with, our, with God. Our earthly marriage is supposed to help us to understand a more important union with God. To be one with God. Our baptism is a declaration of our love for God. It is like a form of marriage. You know, we begin our relationship with God toward Christian perfection by taking a very important step to enter into water baptism, which many will do so at 5 p.m. service. In fact, Jesus himself went through water baptism. It may not be a prerequisite okay, to salvation, but there are important spiritual significance in baptism. 
Baptism is a spiritual event. It is not just an ordinary ceremonial event. It is a spiritual event. Okay? In fact, this is when the Holy Spirit has a part to play in our lives. And what about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Let's return to take a look at verse 5 again, where Jesus said, I assure you, or in fact, I tell you, is the actual word, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Jesus is telling you, telling us, telling all of us, okay, that I assure you, I tell you, is in indicative mood, which is trying to, which is trying to say, I'm telling you that this is real. This is not hypothetical. It's real. And what is real? What is real is this, that we need to be born again of water and the Spirit. Yes, we need, to be, we need to have water baptism, but we also need to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit, we need both. We need water and the Spirit. You know, many of us, we have gone through, many of us, we have gone through water baptism. But what about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, we, we, we have kind of, we know that the Spirit is powerful, the Holy Spirit is powerful, but we have not that to harness the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit just, became, just becomes a name that we use when we do scripture reading. It becomes a foreign name. A formal name, but a foreign name. The Holy Spirit is inside us. The Holy Spirit needs our attention to, our recognition. We need to know that the Holy Spirit can fill us. The Holy Spirit can do wonderful things so that we can serve God better. Water baptism refers to the baptism of repentance by John, where we are cleansed of our sin and we declare our love and devotion to God. However, what does it mean to be born again of the Spirit? You know, I, I, I love this verse in Ezekiel chapter 36. 25 to 27, and it says this, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Wow. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be and be careful to keep my laws. Wow! His Spirit is in us to move us. Being born again of Spirit is to have the Spirit of God inside us, in us. It is difficult to walk away from darkness without the help of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit helps us to turn toward Jesus. God's Spirit points us toward Jesus. To be baptized of the Spirit is to allow the Spirit of God to direct us is to allow the Spirit to lead us toward Jesus. To walk in the light, we need to be baptized in the Spirit. To be pointed toward the light, we need the Spirit to move us, like what we mentioned earlier in, in the in passage in Ezekiel. And to allow our heart to be taken over by the Spirit. To be overwhelmed. To be convinced with joy. To be in love with God. The Spirit will open our hearts to fall in love with God. To fall in love with God. That is what God is trying to do. It's for us to fall in love 
with God. And God wants us to walk in the light. He wants us to do what is right. Walking in the light and doing what is right in God's sight is the path of Christian perfection. You know, to be baptized in both water and spirit is embracing the sight of God and walking in the light by doing what is right. Which is my last point. Doing what is right. And what is the right thing that God wants us to do? John 3.31 says this, that, but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Wow. Not only does God want us to walk toward the light, He wants us to be a testimony to others so that they also will walk into the light. You know, some of you may be taking, later, some will be taking a verse that if you have not been baptized, I would challenge you also to consider taking this first step. First step of walking right with God towards Jesus by declaring your love and union with God, your marriage with God through baptism. By celebrating our baptism with our family and our Christian community, we are letting others know that we are doing what is right in the sight of God as we walk in the light. You know, doing what is right has got another side to the story. Doing what is right, as our Wesleyan creek, or rather our general rule, is this. Next slide. Do good. Do no evil. Attend to the ordinances of God. Simple, right? Well, we all know by now that this is not so simple. If everyone follows this simple rule, do you know what we'll have? World peace. <laughs> True. Think about it. If every one of us follow this, we'll have world peace. However, remember this, that in our endeavour to walk away from the night, we do have Jesus as our light and the Holy Spirit to point us towards what is right as we learn to embrace the sight of God in our hearts. You know, today's message, I believe it's simple for you to remember. Night, right, sight, right. Um, it is crucial that we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit it's crucial that we acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not some, I'm not, it's not some foreign language that we're talking about. This is a language that is given by God, by Jesus Himself. We need both to be born again of water and the Spirit. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward to just play something. Um, I want to allow this time for you and for all of us to be touched by God. You know, sometimes we feel bad, no? Oh, you know, I'm touched. I, 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 is this hyped because I'm feeling so emotionally high? You know, we have taken this too far to think that, okay, emotionally high means that it's not of God. But God can also touch our emotions. God can also use our emotions to be attuned to Him. God can use our emotions to be right with Him.
God can use the Holy Spirit in us to awaken us. That is the beauty of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Allow me to say a word of prayer for you. Dear God, may your Spirit change our heart to love you more and more each day. May we learn to walk in the right, in the light, in fact, every day as we seek the Holy Spirit to direct us to the right way up. Direct us to see you more and see ourselves less as we learn to view the world through your sight and not our own. Help us to walk away from the night so that, Lord, that in daily, we will learn to look forward toward you in the light. May we love you more and more each day and not less. Loving you means walking toward you. Loving you means coming closer toward you. Loving you means walking with you. When I was praying earlier in preparation, I felt, I felt very strongly that someone, has, someone either here or in his church has been pierced so badly by the world. You are, so, you are pierced so hard that you find it so hard to come back. In fact, you are going through a burnt out now. You are going through a burnt out. And you feel that it's so difficult to get back to your feet. It's so difficult to rise up again. But let me share with you this. The Holy Spirit is there to rebuild you, to encourage you, to give you the strength to come forward, to give you the strength to stand up. I just let you linger for a little while. Just linger for a little while. As the worship team can sing a verse or two of the song. Satisfy my 
Only you can make me whole. Give me strength to make me grow. Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. I felt that God is trying to say this: that there's no mountain too high. There's nothing that's impossible. There's no mile too long. You know, I was scribbling earlier about the extra mile. There's no mile too long. You know, for a person to go through the extra mile, we have sung that earlier also, requires supernatural strength. The next passage after the extra mile, in fact, is talking about loving our enemies. Loving our enemies. Loving our enemies require a supernatural strength. And only the Holy Spirit can give us that supernatural strength to love our enemies. Perhaps you are pierced, you are hurt so badly by an enemy, so painful for you to get back up. But turn to Jesus. Turn to the light, not stay in the night. Turn to the light. Don't remain under the shadow of night. Turn toward the light. He's there. He's ready to embrace you. In fact, He's there, waiting to build you up again. Turn to the light. It's really painful to be pierced. It's really painful to be pierced. And this is what is God trying to say to some of you. Don't stay under the shadow of darkness. Don't stay in the night. But come, come forward toward the piercings are not of God. Jesus has taken those piercings. Turn toward Jesus who has taken the piercings. He can restore us. You know, as we sing this song again, God is trying to do something here. And the main thing He's trying to do is this, that He loves us. He loves us so much and He really wanted us to respond to Him with love and in love. That's what all these things are all about. Is that God loves us and He wants us to love Him. And that is what it's all about, to love Him back. So as we sing the song again, let us sing it with love and in love. Come Holy Spirit Fresh on me, fill me with your power, satisfy my needs. Only you can make me whole, give me strength to make. Holy Spirit, refresh us, empower us, engage us, dear Lord, so that we will know how to be in love with you. Dear Lord, we are with you as one. And that's what you want us to be.
to be one with you. So we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, dear Lord, that you have granted the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be in us, to direct us, that may we truly walk in the light. May we do the right things because you have always wanted us to, to do it that way, to walk toward you, to walk toward the light. May we keep you in our sight and may we learn to look at your sight and how you look at the world. Let us walk away from the night and walk toward the light. And I thank you and pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.